Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside Michael McNamara via phone today, not uh, not, not via your brick link. Uh, but uh, are, we, are you still there? Just checking. Standing by. Standing by. <laughs> it's always nerve wracking. We got to get back to the studio pretty soon here, but hopefully in a couple of weeks we'll be there. Um, you, you just anyway, don't want to do the show all by yourself if I get cut off. I know that, Justin. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, awfully, it's awfully scary being by myself. You know, talking, is, it wasn't exactly my thing. You know, I don't think I was probably the, the quieter of the uh, of the three children, perhaps. At least that's, that's how I remember it, anyway. Um, uh, you, if you get to... stuck with it, you'll make it work, Just. If it Still ever two happens, hours solo, that's, that seems like a <laughs> like a big ask for me. Anyway, uh, we're doing CFP Superman here today, folks. Um, By the way, we... Just, I, I thought I should probably be political cor- politically correct and say super person. I didn't think about that, you know, until afterwards. So I want to tread carefully here, you know. That's right. There you go. Well, you see that? I'm getting sensitive. You're really growing. Um, <laughs> so anyway, CFP, again, as a certified financial planner, uh, we're going through advice and different types of advisors. And uh, we'll, you know, we, we, according to us anyway, and again, it's fairly self-serving as we're both certified financial planners. Uh, Along with 55,000 other folks in the country, by the way. Yeah, we, we think that the uh, the CFP is the advisor who really sits in the middle of everything and, and is, uh, is educated on most financial financial topics that you would want to just have a discussion about and can sit in the middle and, and uh, you know, talk talk the languages of all your different types of advisors. So we're going through different types of advice, different types of advisors, and we're going to talk about, uh, you know, when you might need to visit this person or that person and what's what's the appropriate time to visit with an, an attorney, an accountant. Uh, we'll get into, I'm sure, investment professionals and insurance professionals here in, in a while. But um, any questions, uh, you can uh, give us a call. We're live in the Merrimack Valley today, 978-454-4980. If you want to submit a question online, you can go to McNamaraonmoney.com uh, and uh, or you can email us questions at McNamaraonmoney.com so we're just I think we what we just finished up our uh, our tax person actually we didn't really we didn't quite get there um, you know Roth oh, go, go for it you can finish that up because that's kind of cool yeah just just again I know, I know we've covered this uh, in, in probably recent weeks as, as folks are um, you know I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who have lower income years but 
if you're if you're in a situation where your income is down this year or, or in a given year, uh, that might be an opportunity for you to take a look at doing what's called a Roth conversion. A Roth conversion is taking money out of traditional IRA or traditional 401k, um, paying the taxes, and then moving it into a Roth IRA. And obviously, Roth IRAs are um, you know are not taxed on the way out. You know, when you turn 59 and a half and take money out of your Roth. Uh, you do not pay taxes on it, and the idea is it may make sense for you to grab, you know, pay those taxes ahead of time if they're going to be at a lower rate, right? You know, if you're, if your if your forecast is that you're going to be in the 22% tax bracket in retirement, and you have a year, you know, either in early retirement or pre-retirement where your income is down, and you are maybe in the 12% tax bracket, that's a great opportunity to go ahead and pay some taxes in advance because you'd certainly rather pay 12 than 22. Um, not that we, not that we know exactly what tax rates are going to be, uh, you know, two and, you know, in, in retirement, but, uh, we're just making our best guesses. It's, it's maybe an opportunity for you to, to save some money, uh, on your tax bill for the future, you know, kind of prepay now and avoid paying later. So, um, does that cover it? The good, good enough for you? It, I'm gonna go. it, it does my son. Absolutely. Uh, it, okay. All right. So here's the deal, folks. Uh, for the next half hour, or, or less than that now, uh, we're, we're going to talk about um, unique reasons that you should visit with an attorney that you might not have thought about. Okay. Uh, and uh, and these unique reasons are are yet another reason why you ought to have a certified financial planner uh, in your elite circle of financial advisors, uh, because that's the one person who probably can coordinate uh, and make some sense of all of those areas uh, to some extent for you. It's the, you know, if, if you've got a question about buying or leasing a car, who do you call? You know, or if you've got a question about refinancing your home, who do you call? Well, you call a mortgage person, but maybe you check with your financial advisor to make sure you can afford it and it doesn't mess up your retirement. So lots of, lots of different reasons. Anyway, so unique reasons to visit an attorney. Ah, I'll do these in reverse. Buying your home, okay? okay. Uh, if you if you are purchasing your home, well, let's see. Most people go get a mortgage, and you're sitting down at the closing with the seven inches of paper in front of you, and there's an attorney sitting at the table there, and you know you're probably feeling pretty comfortable. You got this attorney taking care of it. Well, that attorney is working for the bank, making sure that uh, things are going to be legal from that mortgage point of view, and that's good, by the way. Uh, but that attorney doesn't represent you and your interests. Uh, if you're buying a home, you might be going back and forth with the seller about a list of things that need to get done and, and uh, under what circumstances and why. You, you may have to craft a short-term agreement that's legal to client, go out and do that. And, and by the way, the real estate, if you're buying a home, well, there's, you know, there's a, at least a 50-50 chance that the real estate person who sold you the home is also not working for you. Okay, uh, and so the attorney can also kind of help you on the on the real estate side. You know, maybe there's some problems. Maybe there's not. There's a variety of things that can go wrong when you're buying a backing out of the agreement. I put the deposit. Uh, if we had an attorney that did that professionally, we'd probably spend seven hours on the show with a list of possible things to go wrong. Folks, you go hire every closing I've ever had since I got smart and get into the financial business. I've had an attorney represent my interests, and you know what? Nothing bad's happened, so no, I'm okay with that, given the circumstances. So seriously, think about that. Josh, any questions pick up on that? No, I think it's. I think that's. Uh, I, I certainly wholeheartedly agree. That's just. I don't know if it's. I don't. I don't know that a lot of uh, CFPs get get too involved in kind of real estate and closings and all that good stuff. I mean, obviously we've been through the experience ourselves, but uh, that's one that I don't have a lot to add to, and I'm I'm certainly uh, in favor. Go go see an attorney about that stuff because you you probably that's probably the only place you're going to get great advice in that area. Yep. Yep. 
Okay, and then the same thing goes on the flip side of that when you sell your home. Well, now you're selling your home. Uh, you know, it, there's three or four things wrong. You've got to disclose. You know, you know, real estate agents are obviously the vast majority of them are competent and ethical, but that real estate agent, okay, who's selling your home, by the way, they may well be representing you, by the way. Uh, you know, that's okay. You know, you need some legal protection for or any number of things that can go wrong okay, when you're selling your home. And I'm thinking about the remediation list or stuff that you want to do or stuff that's not enclosed or holdbacks for, for uh, septic systems or f- f- folks, you know, let's face it, buying or selling a home is going to be one of the largest financial transactions you to ever make in your life. Okay. And in this complicated world with lots of rules, regulations, and laws, okay, you want to have the best protection you can have, okay, and oh, geez, it's going to cost me $2,000 to hire an attorney. Yep, it is, okay, and everybody hates attorneys till you need one sort of a thing, and by the way, hire one, protect yourself, and hopefully you won't ever need one after you do something like that. So just just a very prudent thing to do. Uh, I think I'll probably end with that. Comments, my son? Nope. I think, okay. yeah, same, same thing. It's, uh, yeah, you, you, you have you, any transaction that is that substantial when you're talking about real estate, uh, you certainly want to make sure your interests are protected because we're talking about a lot of money. And if something goes wrong, uh, you stand to lose a lot. So. Yeah. And by the way, anywhere along this show, if there's a, a real estate person out there or a real estate attorney out there who wants to tell us a story uh, to emphasize our point, well, we'd be happy to uh, entertain your call. 978-454-4980 in the Merrimack Valley here. So you know, we, we, we can think of a couple of stories, but I'm sure there are some experts out there who can say, oh, yeah, you should be working with an attorney. And here's an example that'll blow your socks off sort of a thing. So we would heartily encourage attorneys and uh, tax persons uh, and real estate folks to give us a call and chime in anytime about things like this. Uh, anyway, okay, so reason number three to visit an attorney, unique reason, second marriage. Oh, yeah, there we go. Okay, now we're getting a little dicey here now, okay? Um, I, I, I'm going to probably guess that half the people who are going into a second marriage see the attorney b- before they start dating. I'm not sh- I'm not sure. Okay. But but you know there there may be a bunch of folks getting married for the second time. Um stuff can happen. If you if your first marriage ended, okay, uh, hopefully it ended decently, but most don't. You know, there were mistakes made, there were things that you regret. Well, you didn't have an attorney when you got married the first time, but you know what? Just maybe you want to have one on the second time. There are, when it comes to families and kids and second spouses and inheritances and living arrangements and uh, all, all, there's a whole bunch of uh, ingredients in that pot that could, any of which could boil over, you know, somewhere down the line. So strong recommendation to visit an attorney. And I'm not necessarily talking about a prenuptial agreement. I'm just talking about arrangements or, you know, who's going to, you know, well, I'll, uh, we'll do this or we'll do that. So it, it's just, it, you know, we, unfortunately, we have clients who get divorced on a regular basis and we see things happen, okay, that, that are just awful and they could have pre- prevented or planned for if you, if you were aware of that. So uh, I'll stop there before yep. I get too excited. Just anything on that? I think, I mean, you know, for, I was going to say luckily, I'm not sure that's the right word here, but, you know, we, we do get involved in this uh and, and we're sort of, we're very, we find ourselves very often making the recommendation to visit an attorney, especially when we're talking about second marriages and specifically when, uh, you know, when both spouses have kids from a prior marriage, right? I mean, you know, we're getting involved in that because we're looking at a retirement plan and we're trying to do some long-term projections. And, you know, let's just say as an example, we have uh, two spouses and each spouse has an IRA account. And the question is, what happens to that money when you know that the first spouse dies right i mean you know if you know some some folks are thinking oh well that's my ira i'm going to have that go to my children 
And so we need to know that because if we're doing a retirement plan, right? And if you know, if each if each spouse has a has a half a million dollar IRA, and at the first death, you know, one of those IRAs completely disappears from from the perspective of supporting that second spouse until later in life. That's I mean, that's something that we really really need to know that, right? We can't make a retirement plan without yep. you know, without knowing where every asset goes and and at which death, because obviously we need to you know we're forecasting you know early death as part of our, you know, as part of that retirement plan. And, and if, you know, if one spouse dies at 70 and half the assets disappear, well, that second spouse may not be in a very, in a great financial situation. So we're, we're kind of, we're forced into that discussion a bunch. And, uh, you know, I, I think we, I don't, I'm, you know, this may be anecdotal and I'm, I'm not sure how many examples I have, but I, it seems like people need some prodding in order to get that through it's it's not a it's not a great conversation to That's have right love conquers all you're you're impugning my my spouse or my future spouse right difficult discussion right right, right. But, I mean, yeah the, the reality is is that the reality is is that spouses tend to look out to look out for their own kids, maybe maybe to the detriment of somebody else's kids, and that's you know that's, that's just human nature, and, and I don't think we are, we're not judgmental about that. Not everybody is like that, um, and you know you also get into situations where one spouse may have significantly more financial assets than another spouse, and and that you know that sort of further complicates things. So it's it's you know we understand that it's a difficult discussion to have, but it's it's one that you do need to have because. If you don't address it, uh, then you can have, you know, then, then you could have, you know, your kids getting cut out entirely potentially, and uh, and that's, you know, may not be what you're looking for. So again, it's not a fun, you know, sort of like getting a will and, and choosing the guard, you know, for younger parents who, you know, choosing guardians for your kids, it's it's one that I think people tend to avoid because it's a it's a difficult discussion and it's it's certainly not uh, not very romantic. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and and on less than a minor note, so that's the legal side. You know, you might want to ask yourself, uh, if you're not blinded by love completely, well, can I afford a second marriage? Or what, what's that going to do to my retirement plan sort of a thing? So we old certified financial planner practitioners, you know, if, if you've got a, a financial plan for a life in, in place and, and a second marriage is a possibility, you just might want to run that by your certified financial planner. And we might end up being judgmental about what the what that looks like, kind of given the circumstances. But you would certainly want to know the financial implications of that, as well as the legal implications, folks. And again, uh, you know, our job as certified financial planners is we, we, do the, we do the math, we do the facts, and we tell you how it is, and we give you enough information to make your decisions, and then you just, with the best information you have, decide what you're going to do sort of a thing. But yeah, you know, affording it, just we might just throw that into the pot for consideration, you know? Yeah. And just to be clear, we're not, you know, we're, we're not out there, generally speaking, telling our, you know, telling our, maybe our widows or divorcees, no, no, no dating, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's something you want to think about. Although a lot of times the second, you know, the second marriage can bring in, you know, a, a reduction in expenses if you're moving in and you go from two living situations to one, but it, it also opens up a bunch of other potential issues, uh, with regards to inheritance and, and, you know, sort of longer term support. So already and sort of connected into that family realm, here's another unique reason that also a lot of people would have a problem with, lending money to your children or family, which you consider loans, not gifts. Hmm, That's a unique reason to visit with an attorney if you're really serious about that. You know, most of the folks we know, they they say they're going to lend their money to their kids and they probably know they're never going to get it back. But some folks we know, they may be lending their money to their kids, but they absolutely positively need it back. So we don't, you know, whatever the family dynamics and financials are, that's that's not the point, okay? But, you know, you, you may well want to chat with an attorney uh, about any kind of a loan that you expect to get paid back and under what circumstances. Again, sounds like the Grinch that stole Christmas here, but, you know, uh, <clears throat> you, know it, it, you know, we know a whole, well, we know a few people who are elderly who couldn't have afforded to make loans to their children, and if they don't get paid back, you know, if something happens one way or another, uh, that's that's serious stuff. Okay, so just, just a thought, folks. Pardon us for sounding a little on the negative side, but... <clears throat> 
Yeah. We just do the math, right, Jess? We just do the that's math. right. And also, it's, it's, that's the kind of thing where you, um, you know, a, you know, gifts are potential issues, especially if we're talking about, generally speaking, older parents, right? I mean, if you're, if you are, uh, you know, if you're in your, you know, if you're 85 years old and you're considering a substantial gift, say to a, or, or, or a gift slash loan, we'll call it, we'll call it the, we'll, we'll throw the slash on there for now. Um, if you give away a bunch of money that can do, you know, that can do things like, uh, affect your ability to, you know, to, uh, for, you know, to apply for Medicaid if you end up in a nursing home. So, you know, a, a gift would be looked at as, Oh, you know, you may not be eligible because we see that you gave away $500,000 here back in, uh, you know, back in 2020. Whereas if it's set up as a, as a loan, then, you know, then it's not a gift and it may not, you know, uh, affect the eligibility to the same degree, right? So, you know, you, you're, you're sort of in that when it's parents and kids, a lot of times it's in that gray area between a gift and a loan. But if you need it to be a loan for whatever reason, you want to make sure you visit with an attorney because it, it has to be, you know, the, the contract has to be drawn up. It has to be legal. The interest rate has to be fair. And so you just want to make sure that you do it right. Um, yep. and, and you might want to make sure that your CFP is at your side so that you can, you know, that you can afford to make right. that loan or you can afford to make that gift sort of a thing. So, yep. Many, many yep. different things to worry about. Right, my son? You betcha. All righty. Unique reason number one, two, three, five, to visit an attorney. Your parents are elderly. Okay, here comes another family issue that's always a difficult subject. You know, your, yeah. your, your parents are, I, I don't want, I want to be careful about picking an age. They're in the mid to late 80s and they're starting to slow down a little bit or maybe forget a few things. Uh, you know, maybe they don't, maybe they don't have, uh, you, you, might, maybe you probably don't know anything about their financial circumstances. Uh, most people don't. Uh, and, you know, you, you just might want to start talking with your parents about, you know, trying to go visit with an attorney if you have a sense that they they don't, you know, have enough legal stuff in place or just planning for the future about what if sort of a thing. So if you've got elderly parents, it's a hard, you know, it's a tough thing to tell your parents what to do or suggest what to do. And, you know, the the, uh, the scale or the spectrum and that's all over the place. But the, the bottom line is, you know, you, you might, you, obviously we love our parents and you want to try to make sure things go okay for them as best you can. Hey, you might have to stick your nose in their life and start asking some unpleasant questions and, uh, you know, Half the parents will love that, and half the parents will get mad at you. But that's just the just the way it is, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I don't think. I think just to be a little bit more specific, you're talking about you know when, when you're in when you when your parents either have start to show signs that they are maybe not as able to care for their themselves as they used to be, right? I mean, well, you know, uh, how old, you know, it's not a specific age for everybody, right? For some folks that's, yep. you know, for some parents that may be 80, for some it may be 95. Um, but, you know, when you when you start to see that as something that you may have to get, get involved in, that's probably a time to talk to an attorney because, you know, there's all kinds of potential strategies that, uh, you know, there's, a, there's a Medicaid planning and estate planning that may need to be done. And so you want to yeah. probably get educated on that stuff. And certainly, you know, try Try to get them looped in, which may not be easy, and it, it certainly may require some work. But uh, yeah, that's good. Well, and another reason to do that is probably a perfectly selfish one. If you don't do it, and bad things happening, you might get sucked up into a vortex where all kinds of time and aggravation and stuff happens because you didn't address it. So you know, we know a lot of folks who are settling estates by default and not happy because they couldn't get their plan- parents to plan for a relatively easy road down that way. So you just have to be careful about that. Boy, time is flying here, my son. We're not even halfway through. So let me let me try to hurry up a little bit. Um, if you own property in two different states, that's probably a pretty good reason to visit with an attorney. And uh, the, the explanation would be that you don't know if different states have different uh, different rules and laws about going through probate court. So you, you might have to settle, you might have two different probate court processes if you have properties in separate states. You might not, uh, but that's a reason to speak with an attorney. And, and by the way, another reason on that, pro- and if you have investment properties, throw that in the mix and, and, and there are some protections that you might go visit an attorney uh, for, for in, in terms of that regard. So, uh, 
owning a property in two states, owning an investment property, absolutely positively reason to visit with an attorney because you have rental agreements and all kinds of stuff. And let's let's face it, landlords are bad people. If you're going to own an investment property, you better get yourself covered legally. Uh, and and uh, Chief Jess, I, I guess probably uh, the only last quick thing before the break is if you have a, a special needs or a handicapped child, uh, that's a very good reason to visit with an attorney for multiple reasons. And I think I'll just stop talking and we'll take a break now, if that's okay. Welcome back to McNamara on, I mean, my name is Justin McNamara, and uh, I am talking with Mike McNamara today. Uh, happy Memorial Day, everyone, or happy Memorial Day weekend, I should say. Uh, we have uh, a half hour to go here in a show we're calling CFP Superman, which is a, uh, a self-serving title for a couple of certified financial planners. But I, I, I should say that we've actually spent most of our show and, and probably will spend a bunch of the, uh, the rest of the show uh, talking about other professionals and other advice. And uh, we sort of interjecting and, and uh, pointing out the time when maybe you need someone in the middle of um you know in the middle of all of, of all those advisors trying to coordinate and explain everything because uh us certified financial planners like to, we have our hands in we have our hands in a bit of everything and and certainly speak the language of a lot of different advisors. Did I say that okay? Justin, you are most polite and politically correct. I would basically say there's no maybe about it, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I am that. Maybe I got so, you know, okay. No, no, that's okay. We we kind of balance each other out. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's why I'm like that, you know. Who knows? <laughs> well, um, that's interesting. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so we, we've gone through uh, attorneys, tax persons. If anyone has any questions out there, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, telephone number here, 978-454-4980. Again, we're live in the Merrimack Valley today, uh, 978-454-4980. If you have a question, uh, we, we'd, be, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you want to shoot us an email, questions at McNamaraOnMoney.com, uh, or you can go to McNamaraOnMoney.com and uh, submit a question there. So per, per usual, we're about, uh, we're about halfway through our outline and, and we have a half hour to go in the show. So do you want to, do you want to skip ahead? I, I think I'd like to, you know, what, what's your, what's your plan for the next 25 minutes or so? I want to uh, talk about uh, CFPs. Okay. Uh, okay. To, to, to kind of go for there. And by the way, I've been religiously monitoring McNamara on money to, to no avail. My son, nobody's okay. nobody's asking us any questions right now. But I live in hope. I just want you, you know. know. We're, it's, it, we're we should probably expect a slow weekend here. I think it's uh, people are people are well at least at least from my experience traveling where they can usually by car. But uh, yeah. we'll, okay, we won't be we won't be upset if you're out having fun and not listening to the radio right now. <laughs> All righty. I suppose I can live with that. Uh, okay, so um, so the, this last section of the show is kind of in two parts. Uh, you know, uh, you know, your financial advisor team uh, we 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 think should include a quarterback or a general coordinator. That would be a certified financial planner. We're biased, but we will defend that. We think we have high moral ground. Uh, but anyway, uh, we we think you need one of those on your team, uh, and so. Uh, I'm going to break this into two parts. Uh, there's a, there are reasons you should go see a certified financial planner because there's a pretty good chance either nobody else on your team can help you with certain things and or if some of them can, there's a pretty good chance that your certified financial planner is more qualified and or experienced. Not all the time, but I like the odds there. So let me kind of give you some stand-alone reasons that you might want to visit with a CFP. And again, there are some accountants and investment advisors who may chime in and may give you advice on some of these subjects, uh, yeah. but it's not the main part of their business. Okay, I want to be crystal clear. Uh, certified financial planners are trained and can give advice on that from a legal point of view. Okay, there's some questions about whether, even though you have a great financial advisor who works for XYZ Investment Firm, well, they may give you some great solid advice, but maybe they don't know some other things about you that a financial planner might. So anyway, I'm not, I'm not knocking other financial advisors. I'm just saying you ought to have somebody to give you a second opinion on almost anything that you might chat with just because. And by the way, most of the time we say great things and say good thing, good idea you did that. Sometimes we might disagree, and by the way, both parties might be perfectly correct. I'll, I'll give you some examples of that in a little while. Anyway, so here are some standalone 
Sorry, go ahead, Jess. Let's let's just jump into, if if you wouldn't mind, let's just briefly go over, um, you know, uh, insurance professional and investment professional. We won't spend, I don't think, as much time, but, you know, I I don't want to sort of skip over those entirely. I I think we should probably go run a, a a few quick reasons why you might see and, you know, and I'll just start off with an insurance professional. It's you know, insurance is fairly straightforward. Um, you know, if you're if you're looking at uh, you know life insurance, if you're in a situation where you you know you're younger and you're starting a family, and uh, you know you need life insurance to protect against early death, that's you know obviously a reason to go see a life insurance professional. Um, uh, you know, then you have uh, on the life insurance side of it, you also have. Uh, potential income needs in retirement, and then, you know, estate planning needs for life insurance. If you, you know, if you're going to have an estate tax, uh, you know, if you're sort of on the on the wealthier side and you're, and you're going to have an estate tax and you don't want your heirs to sort of be effectively responsible for that estate tax, uh, you may, you know, that's, that's a problem you may solve with life insurance. Also for, uh, you know, for, for a small business and certainly if you're going to have an estate tax and you don't want to have to liquidate or sell part of a small business, uh, I think that's a great reason to visit with a life insurance planning attorney. I mean, there, you know, I think a lot of a lot of life insurance, uh, at least maybe the most common types, are, are fairly straightforward. You know, if you're just talking about term insurance, hey, I need to replace my income for 10 years uh, until my kids are, you know, are out of the house, uh, and I just need some term insurance. That's fair, that that may be something that folks can do themselves. But when you're talking about, uh, you know, sort of more permanent insurance and you know the Investment slash insurance types of stuff and annuities. I think that's a great reason to get a um, to get a, a, a an insurance professional involved. Uh, long. Any, any comments on that? Before I'll, I'm just I'm just trying to jump through these quickly because I know we. Oh yeah, get- no. And the reason I didn't do that uh, is I I didn't think I had time and the unique reasons that you might visit them. Uh, it would be probably a pretty small percentage of our listening audience. So yeah. I omitted them, and you're more than welcome to give them equal time. And you can do the same thing for investment advisors, by the way, because I omitted them as well. It's pretty straightforward. People know they go see an investment advisor for this, that, or the other thing. So yes. Okay. Go, yeah. Go I, I, I just didn't want to yep. leave them out. No, I'm, I'm fine uh, with that. I'm fine yeah, with that. Go ahead. Long-term for insurance, uh, you know, long-term care certainly is a uh, is a sort of a difficult to understand product, and most people don't know, uh, you know, the the ins and outs of long-term care insurance. So another great reason to go and get educated on that on that um, disability insurance as well. Um, not everybody, because so many folks are getting it through work, um, they maybe don't know the ins and outs of the policies if you have to go purchase one yourself. So again, those are, again, yes, very, very straightforward, but I didn't want to skip over them. Um, okay. Investment professional, uh, you know, if you're, if you're, if you need to know how you should invest, you know, your, your, uh, your money, you know, your risk tolerance, um, well, a CFP can certainly help you go through a risk, you know, try to figure out what your risk tolerance is, but an investment professional will uh, as well. You know, if you're dealing with sort of complicated investments, <clears throat> Uh, private investments. If you inherited, you know, a large stock position, there's there's lots of reasons to go see an investment professional as well, and most of them are again pretty straightforward. If you <laughs> if you need an, a plan for investments, um, you know, if you need to understand an investment that maybe you don't that you've you've come into, that's that's another reason too. But yeah, I, I'm I'm sorry, I'll 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 blow through that, but I didn't want to leave those people out. You know what I mean? You feel better now, or what? Yeah, I feel better. Okay, good. Oh, hey, you've, shortened up, no? you've shortened up the CFP time we can talk, but that's okay. I well, that's not, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to keep it as uh, keep the show as, as I, I understand self-serving I understand. as I can. That's not a word I'm sure. Uh, well, we, we, uh, <laughs> we're speaking on behalf of a whole bunch of certified that's financial right. planners. We're not doing a commercial for our firm necessarily. <laughs> okay, uh, so folks, um, a certified financial planner practitioner. Uh, you might want to go visit with one of those if you're spending more than you're earning. I'm guessing there's at least three people in our listening audience that fit that description, if not a whole lot more. Okay. Uh, I don't know who else you would talk to other than maybe yourself. So uh, the things I'm about to mention, people should be doing on their own, but most people don't have the time or, or, or the expertise to do it. So, you know, if you're spending more than yeah, you're earning, 
Yeah, that could be a, a large problem with you living happily ever after for the rest of your life. Uh, who, who are you going to call if I use the Ghostbusters uh, theme there? Okay, uh, a second reason that you m- might uh, go talk with a certified financial planner, and it's kind of connected to the first, is you don't know where your money's going. You know, p- part of the reason you, you may be spending more than you're earning is you don't have a clue about what you're spending it on or, or all that goes. So ha- having a budget, to, okay, and, and getting your cash flow and your current financial situation stable would be a very good reason to go visit with a certified financial planner, okay? Um, uh, you know, another, you know, if and we like help people. You know, if you've got to, if you know you're spending more than you're earning, and, and if you now know where it is that you're spending your money, well, you have a, enough information to make some decisions about where you might have to cut back in terms of where your life is. So, so the, 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 the general financial current health of your life would be a really good reason to visit with a certified financial planner. Uh, your, your federal tax and state tax bills and things these days um, – you know, the, the way things have gone, uh, filling out your tax returns, certainly on the federal side, is getting simpler and simpler. And with the, the most recent tax law changes, a whole lot of folks okay, uh, can do their own taxes. Uh, but there are some times when you may want to run by a, a tax issue with your certified financial planner. I'll, I'll get to that on the conflicting advice side. By the way, very good tax advice from your accountant could be very bad investment advice from your investment advisor's point of view, and I'll try to give you a few examples of that as we go along here. Uh, So, by the way, um, what's your plan for paying for the emergencies of life? Uh, You know, there's a if, if your life has a huge financial setback, there are some things you could have done to plan for that, and there's a batting order of places you go to get money to do that. You know, quickly, uh, you should have a big emergency reserve in place, six months' worth of what you need. Okay, if everybody in the country had six months' worth of emergency reserves, we might be a little bit better off you know, than we are going through this process. I know that's not possible for everybody, but it's certainly something to strive for if you can and pay attention sort of a thing. Okay, so, so you know, uh, emergency reserves, borrowing money, uh, yada, yada, yada. Th- there's a, a whole process that you should be planning for and set up to be prepared for when you go through these emergencies of life. Uh, and by the way, never mind charge card balances and, and current spending on what charge cards are. Just I don't know about you, but our charge card is like one third of what it usually is. I'm blown away about how much money we're saving. Okay, by really? locked up, being locked up in the house. How, does that work for you too? I presume, or what? Is it, does it? I don't think. You know what? I would. I gotta say, I don't think so. Although maybe just everything now that we that we do is on is online, and and you know maybe it's just the way that it's. Yeah, so shopping is not less. Doing you've been yeah. Shopping. Yeah. We're doing a lot of online shopping. i got to say there's, yeah. there's some, you know, we're, we're maybe we're kind of, okay. <laughs> maybe it's therapy for uh, for yeah. us crazy parents with all, you know, trying to work with all the kids and all the dogs in the house. It's a, that may be it for us. But, you know, who knows? I, I mean, Amazon's still open. Why isn't mom, uh, why isn't mom shopping? Well, you know, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. She's doing a lot of reading, but whatever. Uh, anyway, she can't give the stuff to her kids, although she can That's have right. to live it, I suppose, or her grandkids. Yeah, I, well, don't talk to her today about that, Josh, okay? Just leave that alone. Okay, anyway, um, folks, if you've got a problem with your charge card balance, uh, you may want to talk with a certified financial planner. By the way, uh, here's a question for you. Okay, well, a comment first. Okay, folks who retire, there's a general rule of thumb that you retire on maybe 25 to 30% less income in retirement than you had in life. And by the way, a real easy do, way to do that is to not have a mortgage when you retire. So my, 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 the question is, will your mortgage be retired by the time you are? And if that's not going to be the case, you might want to go talk to a certified financial planner by why that should be the case given the circumstances. So getting in trouble with debt, okay, that goes for mortgages and refinancing. That gets, in, that gets to charge cards. Uh, that gets to home equity lines of credit. Okay, uh, by the way, that gets to borrowing money for college, you know, now and in the future that gets to paying for college out of your cash flow uh, and or savings. Uh, You know, am I going to do I have a plan, a comprehensive, 
coordinated plan for living my life now and getting my kids through college and living happily ever after in retirement. Have I got all that stuff organized, coordinated, and ready to go? Uh, and if I have a little problem in one of those places, okay, can I solve it and not create problems in other places? Uh, y- you need someone to do that, folks, and nothing personal, but most of the folks listening to us don't have the time or the energy or the inclination or the expertise to do that. Well, there's help available, and so all the... How's my financial life going now? Can I get my kids through college? Am I going to be okay in retirement? That's, those are the three kind of big areas, and there's a whole lot of financial uh, things to discuss with inside those. And, yeah, some of your other financial advisors may touch on those, but you need them coordinated. You need them in writing. You need to check them. You need to monitor them. You need to you know, do that all the time, and uh, that, that, that's what a certified financial planner can help you with probably better than anybody else. There, I've said it. I feel better now, my son. Comments? I think we're really just prioritizing, right? I mean, we're, yeah. you know, it's, yep. it's, it's prioritizing spending if it's, you know, if you're spending too much, uh, you know, it's okay, well, well, if you're spending too much, what can we cut back on, right? And that, that's when you'd want to know, hey, you know, in theory, you could be going, you know, you could be going backwards on your cash flow, uh, but, you know, maybe you're maxing out your 401ks and you, in theory, could cut back on your 401k contribution, right? I mean, it's it's, a, it's fairly rare that we would tell people that it's, um, you know, that maybe they're saving, quote, unquote, too much for retirement. But in theory, that's a possibility. And the same with college, right? I mean, we're really just taking a look and saying, hey, um, you if you if you if you're spending too much, you could spend less, you could invest less for retirement, but, you know, this would be the consequence of that, right? You may have to bump out your retirement, you know, projected retirement date, uh, or you could cut back on your college savings payments, but, you know, here will be, this will be the issue with that. You're going to have to take out more loans or, or you'll have to, you know, send the kids to less expensive schools. It's really just someone to sit there and say, all right, here are the consequences of all of your decisions and which, you know, which, which one do you want to make, right? I mean, it's, you know, you could... Yeah, there's never enough money at the end of the month to do absolutely everything you want to do on all your financial fronts. So you just got to make some trade-offs, and the more information you have, the better you can prioritize what's important to you. And if you know doing this is going to... that doing that's going to suffer, as long as you know it and you accept that and you make that decision, that's good. So you try to get empowered with making those decisions in your life with just good knowledge and good information, okay? Uh, and you just go from there. That's all you can... Place your bets and live your life. That's all you can do. Yep. Okay. Um, I'd like to finish up with a, a few examples of why you could have conflicting advice uh, from a- any of your financial advisors uh, and your certified financial planner, okay? And, and I'll start by saying you could get a perfectly, absolutely terrific piece of tax advice that might be terrible when it comes to in, on the investment side or vice versa. So I'm just going to give you some examples. Okay, so um, so let's see here. So we have, um, we have some folks uh, from time to time, okay, uh, who do, uh, well, it's officially called Medicaid planning these days, but uh, the, the, the idea is to craft a, an irrevocable trust, uh, put your home in that irrevocable trust and presto after i think it's five or five years maybe seven years theoretically you've protected that trust from from nursing home okay uh you know liens sort of a thing it's a pretty common practice uh doing an irrevocable trust is a huge decision okay and you should understand it but by the way that that legal plan you know, theoretically works, that you could protect your home, okay, if you put it inside of an irrevocable trust. However, you may trade off some things that you didn't know about that might come back and bite you somewhere down the line, okay? And so, so for example, uh, if you put that home in an irrevocable trust, Okay, and you're elderly, and you're an elderly parent, and you're getting along in life, and somewhere down the line, uh, if you start r- running out of money, uh, and you want to consider uh, looking at a reverse mortgage, 
okay, to get some money out of your house to live your life. You can't do that. You can't put a reverse mortgage on a home that's inside of an irrevocable trust. We have from time to time seen folks who saved their home for their kids, who messed up their retirement income and and got into some tough financial difficulties because they ran out of their financial assets and couldn't gain financial access to their home. Okay, we don't say you should do this or you should do that, but you ought to know that if you are going to put your home in an irrevocable trust, you just you know you just passed on having a reverse mortgage as one of your backup plans if your retirement doesn't work. Okay, you know, Justin, help me out there. Am I doing okay so far? Yeah, and you know, and again, that's uh, if you. I think this is one of those times where you need, you know, it's a great, it's a great example of needing multiple advisors. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you, if you talk to an attorney and, you know, for whatever reason, it's, you know, oh, you're, you're diagnosed with a, you know, you know, it's later in life, you're diagnosed with something and you say, hey, well, I really need to protect my money. You can certainly go to an attorney and say, hey, how do I do this? And you could get a perfectly fine recommendation. And, and I know we've both been in the situation where we, we, you know, we've, we've had a client come to us. Yep. And, you know, the attorney says, okay, here's what, here's what you do, right? You, you put that, you know, you can put the home, you know, you, you do a life estate on the home and, you know, that should, that should protect that asset. You can also do, you know, the same with financial assets, right? You can open up an irrevocable trust and uh, you can fund the irrevocable trust. And as long as that was, you know, as long as that's been, you know, in the trust for that five years, you should in theory, again, under current law, be able to have that asset not be countable, um, you know, when it comes to uh, when it comes to you know, a Medicaid application. Yeah, uh, but, but but the trade-off is that you may have some strict limitations on being able to get that money out of there if you need it. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right. And, and you may not be, you know, you may have access to the income in the case of a financial asset. You may have, you know, the ability to live, you know, in in a home if you have a life estate on your home, but. You know that's the extent of your flexibility, and uh, you know we've certainly had clients come to us and say, "Hey, the attorney said I should, you know, put my money into the into an irrevocable trust, and that way I can protect it from Medicaid." And then we may say, "Well, okay, yes, it will, but uh, if you need more than whatever the income that your portfolio can generate, which these days is not a whole heck of a lot because interest rates are low and dividend rates are low, you know, if you, if you need more than two and a half percent of your portfolio or, or, or whatever the number is, three or three and a half, uh, then you're in trouble because if you need to grab more money out, then all of a sudden you, you know, you need to invade the principle of, of the account. And, oh, by the way, you just spent all that money on that attorney for nothing because you didn't, you know, you, you've now, you've now sort of soured the whole process by, you know, by breaking one of the rules because you needed yeah, some more and, money. And, and, and one more example of this, I want to get to a tax issue and something else here, but one more example of your house goes in this irrevocable trust, okay? You know, uh, you, you paid uh, $100,000 for the house. It's worth $500,000. There's no mortgage on it. You put it inside of an irrevocable trust. And by the way, it works. Okay, the the the, the uh, owner of the, the previous owner of that home, okay, who created that trust, they live a long, healthy life. They don't go into a nursing home. They die, okay, and the kids inherit that house. Well, folks, okay, uh, if you inherit a house inside of an irrevocable trust, you inherit. Okay, your parents' cost basis on that, and you pay taxes. So if that parent paid $100,000 for that $500,000 house that's now worth $700,000, okay, if you, if you got that through an irrevocable trust and sell it, okay, cost one hundred, sell it for seven hundred. you have a $600,000 tax gain. Okay, if you inherited that house through a will and it wasn't in an irrevocable trust, there's no tax gain. Folks, that's not good or bad. It's something you ought to be aware of before you pull the trigger, okay, and not have your kids surprised about how that all works. Okay, so that's, that's you know, just one example and a couple of different, you know, uh, you know, variations on that about legal advice being great, but maybe suffering financially. Okay, I, I want to yep. talk a, a little bit about, um, I think, tax, tax consequences. Uh, okay, uh, let's see. What, I, I want to, uh, what's the best way to do this? Okay, um, okay, yeah. So, okay, we have the, some. You have to pick which one of the many, the many <laughs> examples that you have here? Uh, yeah. I, 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 I don't know where to start. <laughs> I don't know where to start. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, I think, okay. Oh, yeah. I, 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 we have some folks. You know, earlier on in life, 
folks, you open up an account that's not an IRA. I can, you know, it's called a joint account or a taxable account. And, you know, if you're in your 20s and 30s and 40s, you invest in mostly stocks. Well, well, we have some folks that we've either met or work with who've got a taxable investment account, okay, that's all stocks or stock mutual funds that's done terrific for a long time. And they've never kind of sold some of those things along the way. They never wanted to have any taxable gains. Okay, so you so you can have some investments to own where you never sell them because you don't want to have any taxable gains. Well, okay, presto, you become 65 years old. Okay, you, you want to retire. You want to use some of the money from that, that investment, and it's all stocks, and that's not appropriate. Okay, so you have to pay a huge capital gain to have less money to work with in retirement because you didn't pay some capital gains along the way. So, you know, purely saving taxes, okay, it may save you taxes, but by the way, you ended up with an all-stock account at age 60 with a whole lot more risk than you should have had as opposed to selling and paying a few bucks in taxes and lowering the risk along the way. Good tax advice, bad investment result. And I can think of several clients who've got significant chunks of money in in individual or jointly owned stock accounts, and they're not using them because they're afraid to pay taxes because they didn't do that. So, folks, it's not right or wrong, and we're not knocking accountants or or financial advisors. But you know, you, you solve one problem and you might create another one. You know, kind kind of given the circumstances. The the last issue, whew, this is going to be quick, just okay. Uh, you know, so. you may have you may have the best insurance plan in the world. Yeah. But if you're not having any money available to put it in your 401k, say so you may you may you bet all your money and you're dying and none of your money on your living. So you might have too much insurance and too little retirement. Or by the way, you might have too costly insurance and too little life now. Okay, so you know betting on living and and planning for retirement and betting on dying and paying for insurance, you know you probably don't have enough money to make the best bet in both of those areas. What do you want to do? Okay, and that's where a financial advisor comes into play and a financial plan. Perfect timing on my part, Jess. Why don't you do the sign-off? All right. Hey, thank you for listening. Have a great Memorial Day, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.